Hey guys, you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash let's not panic. Thanks for listening. Not Panic Podcast. We're two practical people chronicling a pretty impractical trip from San Francisco to Patagonia and back again. We're trying not to panic. Today's episode is sponsored by Backblaze. If you're just joining us, I'm Maggie. And I'm Adam. And we're a married couple who've quit our jobs, given up our lease, and hit the road in a Toyota 4Runner that's now our home. It says, um, I'm boom. never going to read the stupid shit you put in there. <laughs> <laughs> like, not once, not ever. <laughs> I think you misread that, Maggie. <laughs> That's uh, now our foam. Yeah, there we go. It's not even funny. It rhymes what would with it mean? home. What would it mean to live in our foam? Mm. Anyway. It sounds dirty. <laughs> 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 um, we've been in Buenos Aires, but we have not been living in Shadow. That's true. Shadow has been in a parking garage, sadly, this entire time. See, I still like to think that she's just taking a well-deserved break. When like a she car drove... All the way through an entire continent. When a car is not being used, it is dying, Maggie. When you, you have to run a car All in right, order to Sylvia keep it going. All right, Sylvia Plath, settle down. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're we're here, mm-hmm. and we have some special guests that we'll get to later in the show. We have friends. <laughs> we have real human friends. Nick and Rebecca have been with us all week, and so we're going to have some new perspectives mm-hmm. on the culture in Latin America, mm-hmm. or at least here. I don't know if this is true for you. Rebecca and I were talking about this at breakfast. Um, But being here with new people who are like fresh from the United States, like has renewed some of my culture shock. Really? Have you been experiencing that at all? Because you see it through their eyes again and you're like, yeah, you're right. This is, this is crazy. Yeah. You have to be like, oh yeah, traffic's like that. It's, and then you crossing the street is, is terrifying. You're right. You're not wrong. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We've definitely gotten used to some things. Yeah. But what was cool is that we saved a lot of the kind of touristy stuff to do with them. Um, And so last week I feel like we were in Buenos Aires, but we weren't necessarily reaping all of the benefit of what the city had to offer. We were doing the second tier tourist stuff. Yeah. That you would do if you had two weeks in Buenos Aires, you'd go to like the lower end, mm-hmm. uh, not lower end, but lower uh, priority stuff. Yeah. So yeah. we got to take them to the Recoleta Cemetery, mm-hmm. which was amazing and full of mosquitoes. Yeah. It, so whenever you're in a, the middle of a city, there are tons of mosquitoes. But then when you go to a place where there aren't very many people... It's very concentrated. Any alive people. <laughs> we missed uh, Ava Perone's grave, which is too bad. Yeah, but there were. S- I knew that there were so many famous people yeah. buried, buried there, and we didn't get to do like an English tour, English no, there, English there language tour. Yeah. Um, the thing that I found kind of unsettling: there's all these old crypts, and some of them had just been busted open, and caskets would be like. You could just reach out and touch them if you were so willing, which I was not, obviously, because ghosts and vampires. Yeah. But like. It was in much more, it was beautiful, but it was in much more disarray than maybe I was anticipating. It was really interesting that so many, there was like a complete variety of how well maintained certain crypts were. Like some mm-hmm. looked pristine and they were like sealed up and the glass was perfectly clean. Yeah. And then you'd walk down just like two rows or like walk down just like half a row and you'd see just like broken up, like you're describing. Yeah. Like well, cobwebs, which makes sense because some of them are like, you know, the families of the deceased in there have long since all gone. Yeah. Um, and then some of them are like current great, like people who uh, 
still have family with us. We did overhear from one of the tours that mm-hmm. it, there's like a lease situation. Like this is not <laughs> permanent. These like yeah. a, a family can lose access to their their crypt and that's a really interesting question like what happens i know i have so many follow-up questions that we didn't get answers to yeah. like what do they do with the old bodies that are in there right anyway and we also went to a tango show yeah that was like cool very you're in argentina that's one of the you're things you obligated do. Mm-hmm. it was fine <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad we didn't pay for the high-end thing we went up to the counter and it was like oh how much is a tango show and they're like 150 dollars and you're like what that's oh, a maybe very expensive tango yeah, show. Yeah, maybe no tango show. Yeah. But then they're like, well, that includes VIP access. You get to come in at seven and we'll cook you food. And and after yeah, like, they list like off like three different packages that you could pay for. The last one's like, oh, or, and you could do like the promotion. I was like, what's the promotion? He's like, oh, $30 and you can see the show. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that one. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> um, the thing that cracked me up about the tango show is the two dancers that they made walk around beforehand taking pictures with everyone who was there, yeah. which we didn't do because that's kind of weird. And also because we didn't really want like one of those Disneyland post photos with yeah. them. Um, and the female dancer was definitely deeply offended when I very politely was like, oh, no, but thank you so much. But in <laughs> retrospect, you did a great job because those weren't even real dancers. They were just two attractive people in I clothing <laughs> that they were having walk around pretending to be if dancers. If they hadn't been in clothing, I might have been more interested in taking a photo <laughs> with them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you did great. You're just like, no, I don't think so. And, and then the lady, like the pitch lady was uh-huh. like, but these are dancers. And you're That's like. That's true. But these are the dancers. But it was, you were just like, mm, sorry. Yeah. Thank you. Anyway, the other thing that we have been kind of doing while we're here, um, which is unrelated to having friends in town, is making our arrangements to go to South Africa. Uh, yeah. Which is real. It's going on. Um, we haven't we we talked about South Africa a little bit, mm-hmm. but we haven't talked about the emotional struggle that we've gone through over like the two weeks leading up to this. Because it's like pretty boring listening to people try to plan logistics. So when we made the plan in our head, we're like, all right, we're going to go to Uruguay because the shipping is easier and more straightforward Mm -hmm. and the ports are smaller Mm -hmm. and just generally better run. Um, We didn't actually do any research past that. And one thing that came up once we actually started talking to a shipping agent was like, okay, yeah, we can do this. We can, Mm -hmm. it's going to cost this much. It'll arrive you know, in this container, this is the process. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, how long is the shipping going to take? And he's like, 35 days. Which was not what we had <laughs> planned on. No, we're, we're like, oh, we'll just go to South Africa for a week while the vehicle ships or maybe like two weeks, you know, completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. The best possible thing that anyone can hope for in this situation is that it takes 20 days. That's the fastest possible shipping route. But it's really hard to find that. And it was also, that option was available out of Buenos Aires, but not available out of Montevideo. Yeah, as far as we can tell. Yeah. Um, so the very best, after a little bit of pushback, the very best that we were able to secure for ourselves is 27 days of transit. Mm-hmm. Which is already, like, that was making me really sad, too. Because that's 27 days. We're not doing any sort of road tripping. We don't have shadow. We don't have all of the stuff. <laughs> we're having to live out of hotels. You have extreme separation anxiety <sighs> from shadow. I do. Like every time we put her in a garage, Adam's like, I just feel sad and I don't know why. <laughs> and Maggie knows why. haven't like touched the car recently. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> this morning really cheered me up when I got in shadow and got to drive her around a little bit. And like, I can't it's imagine okay. enjoying driving around Buenos Aires because it's like a free for all. Yeah. It's very chaotic. Yeah. I'm glad we don't have to do it very often, but it is good to, you know, let shadow stretch her legs a little bit. <laughs> 
Anyway, um, we got it down to 27 days. Mm-hmm. And we're, but still, we were pretty bummed because it's like, oh, wow, like we want to keep the adventure going. We want to have enough time in Canada and mm-hmm. to, you know, cross through the US. Um, but then an idea came into our head renting an overlanding vehicle in Africa. Which I didn't realize was a thing. No, I didn't either. It didn't occur but to me. But it's crazy common. But this idea came up between Maggie and I. Just like, I wish we could do this. Wait, is this possible? And then we Googled it. And the very first result was like a company designed specifically for that purpose. Mm-hmm. And There's so a, a huge amount of tourism that operates this way, particularly in the part of Africa that we are going to. Because we'll be in South Africa. And now we'll also go to Namibia. Yeah. Which I'm crazy excited for. So that's where you see the aminals. So let's not panic. Is going to Africa. Just for a short amount of time, but it's going to be a cool little sample. I know, Uh, but the coolest thing is that we're going to be driving in a car that is outfitted almost exactly the same as Shadow. Don't tell Shadow, but this one's... I'm just going to whisper to her, like, you're not good enough. Don't tell Shadow, but... I'm kidding. I love her. This one's a Land Cruiser. Oh, you did upgrade. Yeah, I'm pretty excited that we're going to be in, like, an 80s series uh, Land Cruiser. Uh Uh-huh. They're the big ones with the locking front and rear differential, Mm -hmm. the whole thing. And so this has a rooftop tent. It has a refrigerator. It has a power inverter. It's going to be very similar. And Mm -hmm. we'll get to, like, kind of compare our setup to the rental vehicles. Yeah. We'll definitely Um, take a million pictures and share everything. Yeah. So that's very exciting. And Mm -hmm. we have the shipping squared away. The the plane tickets have been a huge pain in the butt. Real quick, we have a layover through Brazil. Which is... The best way to fly and the cheapest way from South America to South Africa, but... When you go to Brazil, any flight that causes you to leave the international boarding area requires a visa, even though you're just connecting flights. And so it was like pulling teeth to get answers out of our airline about whether or not we would actually be leaving the international transit area or, you know, if we would be okay and in the clear. And after like four different phone calls talking to different people, I was able to get a straight answer. I was going to say kudos to you because you did the hard work on that, which was making the constant obnoxious, frustrating calls where they're like, oh, well, you'll just have to talk to somebody else. And you just get brushed off a lot. And it's not like, oh, just get the visa because the visa process is like five days at the shortest. Mm-hmm. And we are we we five days. And we're pretty close. <laughs> yeah. We do a lot of last-minute planning. I don't know if you've heard that, heard us talk about it on other shows, but <laughs> that's our MO. Yeah, I like her. People were like, how did you plan your daily activities? And we were like, pardon? Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Adam. Yes. Adam, should we get to your favorite part? Yeah, we have a lot of stuff in the bees. Yeah, So we're going to... We're going to do a very thorough beesing. Yeah. So it is time for a very brief Adam's Technical Corner. Sure. I just <laughs> wanted to go over... I don't think I've mentioned it exactly in a technical corner but the brake modifications that we did in shadow um forerunners especially third generation toyota forerunners which is what shadow is have really underpowered brakes for their size and that's without any cargo once maggie and i added all our camping gear our car has like 1500 extra pounds including our body weights and including the car well over like the factory rated weight that you're supposed to do um everything's been fine but one of the reasons that everything has been fine is that we upgraded the brakes because that's one of the most important things that's going to fail under a lot of load. Um, so what I actually ended up doing was just buying used Toyota Tundra brakes and swapping out completely the brakes in the front of the vehicle with these larger brakes that belong in a larger truck. Uh, the nice thing is that they pretty much bolt on. They're interchangeable. But the wheels don't actually clear the brakes. So we actually needed to take an axle grinder 
and grind out inside the wheel. And there's a lot of debate online about this, Maggie. I think I'm, I told you about it. You didn't really care. I think I'm probably making the exact same face now that I made when you tried <laughs> to explain this to me previously, which is one some, of deep indifference. For safety reasons, some people are very strongly opinionated that you should uh-huh. never grind away at the wheels because this is the way the car was designed. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a whole bunch of people that have already done this and attested to like, there's never actually been a problem with at least this wheel design. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Mm-hmm. The other thing you can do is put a spacer on the wheel, but that changes, which is basically taking the wheel and moving it further away from where it's supposed to be bolted. So the wheels would be a little bit wider. Um, that accomplishes the same amount of clearance that you, that's needed, mm-hmm. but it also changes the geometry of the vehicle and puts a little bit more wear and tear on the front suspension parts. Have you ever noticed that only during Adam's technical corner do you refer to Shadow as the vehicle? Well, <laughs> very specific. You got to be technical. I'm just saying it's it, it adds a little flair to the technical corner. Yeah. Anyway, so upgrading the brakes was definitely a good call. The other thing about upgrading the brakes is you just would wear out your brakes a lot faster um, if you didn't do that. You'd have to change the front brake pads a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've only had to change our brake pads one time so far on the trip. So that yeah. I'm, I'm happy with the brake durability that we have. Mm-hmm. So that's my technical corner. Good corner, buddy. Mm-hmm. Shall I talk a little bit about our sponsor? Yeah, Maggie, just right. want to mention, you are skipping your self-care pillow fort because we mentioned your, what your self-care has been ongoing ahead of time. We mentioned it last episode. Yeah. And this whole week has been the self-care of just having friends. great friends join us and... I have friends. Yeah. People are willing to hang out with me. Uh-huh. Um, so that's my self-care pillow for it. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze is an awesome internet backup service that will save all of the content on your computer. Because if you are like me and you think that technology should function basically by the grace of God. <laughs> it should just work. <laughs> it should just say. work. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to have to do very much. You install Backblaze once and then it backs up your stuff forever every time you're uh, attached to the internet. Mm-hmm. Is that how that works? Are it's you exactly attached? Yeah, that's the term they use. Oh, really? No. Oh, what is it? Connected. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, <laughs> nailed it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so if you are a person who has things that matter in your computer and you don't want to have to think about them, but you do want them to be protected, we absolutely recommend Backblaze. It's the service we actually use. It's the one that Adam made me download pretty early on when we were dating mm-hmm. in, a, in a very romantic date where he was like, wait, what backup service do you use? Right. And that, I said It's an important nothing. talk to have <laughs> in the beginning of a, a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, yeah, do you want kids, blah, blah, blah. But no, what's your backup strategy? Mm-hmm. Very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. And we use Backblaze.com. You too can use Backblaze.com if you go to Backblaze.com slash panic. Yes, and the deal is they do $5 a month unlimited backups for a single computer. So mm-hmm. you don't have to worry about how much stuff you have or what kind of external hard drives you have. It's all considered one computer, one flat rate, and it just works, as Maggie said. Mm-hmm. Just imagine your computer goes away, disappears, because that happens very often. What's on there that you would not want to lose? Wait, they disappear often? Well, essentially, the hard drive fails, and it's essentially anything on your computer has just gone away. Just I liked it better that. when it seemed like a magical thing. Like they're just like, poof, you're like, I used to have a laptop. Yeah, it's that. Just imagine that situation. <laughs> and then what okay. would you regret losing? Well, Backblaze just takes that fear away. So you yeah. should, everyone should definitely have this. And if you're a tech person and you start dating 
a lady who's technologically irresponsible. Well, assu- assuming it is a lady yeah, who's fair technologically uh, irresponsible. I was just being was techie normative. Yeah. Yep. But see, this okay. is why women don't feel welcome try. in Silicon Valley. Let me try again. <laughs> if you are a tech person mm-hmm. and you start dating a an irresponsible tech uh, Luddite. Luddite, such as Maggie. Hey. Um, just install it on their computer. You know, just treat them. That's how you you treat your partner right. Well, you did have me pay for my own. Yeah, actually, mine <laughs> mine is on your name. Actually, really? My, my, yeah. <laughs> so okay, that's how I finagled my my Backblaze account. Anyway, please feel free to go to backblaze.com/panic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now comes the really exciting part of the podcast where we get to introduce our real life human friends who actually exist and don't live in Canada. We didn't make them up. We swear. Uh, so welcome Nick and Rebecca. Hey guys. Hello. Those are their voices. That's them. <laughs> and we're going to introduce a new segment to celebrate Nick and Rebecca's presence on our podcast. And it is called the cognitive biases that Nick and Rebecca are arguably deeply unqualified to explain, but are going to anyway corner. That's you guys right. want to kick it off? Yeah. So one of the questions we've been fielding, and I know Maggie and Adam have fielded a lot, uh, and we got from a lot of our friends when we said, oh, we're going down to Buenos Aires. They're like, aren't you worried? Yeah. And we're like, worried about what? I know. I mean, it seems like a relatively developed place. For all the places we could have joined you on this trip, I, this seemed like the friendliest an- option, for it's sure. It's a city of like, what, like 13 million people or something crazy like that? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's huge. It's, huge like, it's a really, really, really big. It's like LA, but if LA was more built up, yeah. mm-hmm. essentially. But I mean, I think there were still things that we were worried about. I mean, I am a huge hypochondriac, and I knew that there were a lot of biting insects and various diseases that the biting insects can give you, including, um, you know, I went to one medical and they sent me this horrible email about all the Zika that I would get, um, which is like, <laughs> it's not even happening here. It's not really circulating in Argentina, but no, they still had yet. to warn me and tell me that I could never have babies like ever. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, there are a lot of things that you over index on when you are considering traveling and yeah. And like this basically goes back to a concept where to give a little context, Humans evolved basically with what are, what are called heuristics, or so like rules of thumb, essentially, about if I see a tiger, I have to decide whether or not that tiger is going to eat me very quickly and then like run. So it's not like, all right, I'm going to look this tiger in the eyes and be like, is this a friendly tiger or is this a mean tiger? <laughs> so what Rebecca was referring to is there's a heuristic, which is basically a rule of thumb called the availability heuristic. Um, and what that basically means is you as a person, if you can recall something happening very easily, you're more likely to overestimate its actual likelihood of occurring. So if you compare the, how easy is it for me to think of an example of this to what are the statistics of this actually happening, which is kind of like what we experienced when we said, oh, we're going to Argentina, we're going to go hang out in Buenos Aires, and people think, oh, South America, crime and disease, because like we live in a very, very sheltered right. part right. of so the So it United is a States. cognitive bias. It's yeah. not, you know, it doesn't have much bearing on reality, but these things loom very large in people's minds because it's what they've heard. And the scary thing is just much more present for people. Right. Yeah. And as a hypochondriac. Yes. That I'm is sure real. That, like, were you concerned upon arriving and realizing that this city is like full of things that want to bite you? Yes. And I think, you know, when I got bitten by that hehene or the sand fly, like that yeah. was like a, I think you know, it was not actually a big deal. It itched a little bit. It stung a little bit. But I was like deeply terrified that I was immediately <laughs> going to have leishmaniasis <laughs> because that's the thing I know about. And it's yeah. yeah, really, really rare. And I will be shocked if I actually get it. But oh man, if you actually get it, I'll feel so bad. I, I mean, it would serve me right, really, for being <laughs> such a wiener about it. Yeah. 
I'm like the exact opposite direction. I'm like, well, the actual likelihood of this actually happening is fairly low. So I'm sure you're going to be fine. I'm sure like one day that's actually going to bite me in the ass. Yeah, you're just much more rational about risks, I think. Than or I just blase. Yeah. It is hard, though, because you don't have a reference. Like no. you come here and like, you just know kind of the worry. You don't have any yeah. way to actually balance out the examples that people think of in their mind. Right. And Adam and I have been talking about this a lot, although not with the vocabulary that you guys have used. Um as we talk about going to Africa, because it's an entire new continent with a whole new set of risks and its own reputation. And so, like, as soon as uh, Rebecca and Nick broached this concept with us, we were, like, pretty excited. Because it's a thing that we talk about a lot. And even a thing that, even as we've confronted how not true it can be, and, like, that, that it is, like, an irrational bias, how hard it is to shake it as you're moving into a new thing that you feel unsure about. There's a whole bunch of like academic literature. If you're like really bored and have a lot of time in your hands, um, like one of my favorite books about two years ago was this book called uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, which goes over all of these various different biases about like, here are the things that you think and here's why they're wrong um, by a guy called Daniel Kahneman, who's this very famous Israeli um, behavioral economist slash psychologist who now lives in Berkeley. So, and he's like the, you know, grandfather of this field essentially. So cool. Yeah. We'll check that out. Reading I'll put that in the notes, the show notes. Since you don't have enough things going on. <laughs> we do actually have a lot of time to read. Although I think our next book is, um, we're still reading Cryptonomicon, so we got to get through that. But it's that time of the week, which is for the three Bs. So as always, the three Bs are beautiful, brutal, and bizarre. And Adam, as a normal co-host of this show, can you kick us off with beautiful? Yes, indeed. All right. So my pick is actually, it comes from this Airbnb and none of you guys joined me because I didn't, well, I didn't invite anyone. I just decided to go out. Um, but there is roof access on this building, except they lock all the doors. But I went up to the very top floor. I found a window that wasn't locked. I opened the window and that led out onto like this strange like storage area for ladders. And out there, there was a little bit of a wall I could stand on and then jump up onto the roof. And from there, I was on the top of a 34-story building with basically no tall buildings around, and I had a 360-degree panoramic view of Buenos Aires, and it was completely beautiful. It was uh, like sundown and gorgeous. May I ask a follow-up question, which is, is it really roof access if all the doors are locked? I just mean, technically <laughs> speaking, there was roof access. Thank, thank you very much for not in inviting us to go up with you <laughs> for that. I was like, oh, uh, are they afraid of heights? I can't tell. Would they want to climb up? And then Nick's like, yes. I would, I would join you. I was like, okay. Maybe we'll go up there tonight, all four of us. No. I'll go. Hard no. <laughs> Rebecca and I will be waiting for you down here. Nick, do you have a choice this week for beautiful? So my beautiful uh, was probably a little bit different from what you usually say, which I've heard a lot of your podcasts. I, I, we do listen at home. I we know, follow you're along. very yeah. kind. Um, <laughs> so beautiful was the server we had at the cocktail bar we went to called Frank's. And not because he was a beautiful person per se, Though he was cute. He was. Yeah. He was cute. Um, but because I found it deeply endearing, like how excited he was to talk to us about American sports. Like he was asking <laughs> us whether we were fans of the Lakers or the Clippers, what our favorite baseball teams were. He was really excited to practice English. And it was just, you know, he was, it was just so charming and not in like, I'm going to scam you and take your money sort of way, give me a good tip, but like in a, I am going to impress these people and put my best foot forward. And it was just really cute. That's a really good one. He was really into talking about uh -huh. sports teams with us. Yeah. He couldn't remember the name of the Yankees. And so he's like, the team 
the team that's most hated, most hated in baseball. And, and I, I'm not a great sports reference guy, I, but I got even I got that one. I was like, I mean, oh, the it's, it's one of two teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's them or the Red Sox. Right. So. Rebecca, do you have a choice this week for beautiful? I do. Um, we've already talked about it a little bit, but I really loved the cemetery, and not like in a goth way. I just thought it was really beautiful and interesting. And what I found particularly interesting about it is, you know, it's very different from. American death culture, but it seemed like you know people had these altars set up for their families, and it seemed like families came back every year to pay respects to their dead, and that's something that's very different from what I'm used to, um, but really beautiful. Yeah, I agree, and it was really beautiful as we walked through. Like a lot of them had um, modern family photos up in these altars, yeah. which I thought was really touching. Like the one that made the biggest impression on me wasn't the fanciest one it was the one where like clearly this was a really well tended and loved yes. grave it was also just architecturally very beautiful as well mm -hmm. but yeah on two levels yeah um i think i have to choose our dinner at michigana a because we got to go there with friends which was crazy exciting for us because we don't get like a huge amount of social time but also rebecca and i both grew up jewish so there was something kind of hilarious and awesome about to come all the way down here meet up and have dinner with gefilte fish in it. It was amazing. And in a very Catholic country, too. I was not expecting that. Yeah, no, it's definitely not like the dominant religion here. Uh, and also pretty good food. Excellent cocktails. Excellent cocktails. I mean, well, well no, yours was My the cocktail best. was excellent. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that old-fashioned was... The old-fashioned was you not You guys great. are just salty that you chose poorly. We, I am. I'm very salty that I chose poorly because your cocktail was like one of the most delicious cocktails I've had in the last year. Easy. And mine was like what it tasted like the very first time I tried to mix an old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, shall we move on to Brutal? Maggie, what is your Brutal? Um, this hasn't been a Brutal week. I'll just go ahead and say that. So like this is a stretch. But what I would say is we are all going out to drink and eat far more than we do in our normal lives. And I feel like all four of us were like, oh, man, this is what it's like to not be 25 anymore. <laughs> it's like we got and like we're never like really that drunk, I feel like, while we're out. But the next morning, all of us wake up and are like, I need coffee before I can speak to anyone. And it, the, so the hangovers, the hangovers <laughs> have been brutal. And the awareness that like we're, we're in our 30s now. Shit's getting real. Very real. Yeah. I think I basically agree with that. Um, Rebecca, what do you have for Brutal? Okay, so as I alluded to earlier, I'm a huge hypochondriac and also kind of a wiener. And so my Brutal is all of the biting things. It's actually been really fine the last couple of days, but the first two days that we were here, I just got bombed by mosquitoes and by one horrible sand fly that nailed me right on the wrist and it really hurt they are really <laughs> fast they are fast and it was like just shocking i mean it's like it's not that bad it's like someone poked you with like a needle is what it sort of feels like it's like this, this sharp kind of eh um which normally it would not be that big a deal but it was kind of just like really like we just come back from the gym and i was not prepared for it mentally and maggie introduced me to this concept of the jam boy which I guess it was, a <laughs> I don't know if you guys have talked about this on the podcast. I yet, don't know but if we did. It, we should have, though, because it's yes. an idea that was introduced to us by some over other overlanders mm -hmm. that we met. Um, these This group of like young American guys mm -hmm. were saying they have a jam boy in their group because mm -hmm. there's one of them who gets attacked by bugs more than all the other ones. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what's a jam boy? And the answer is me. I am the jam boy. <laughs> I, I think it's because I have a particularly bad reaction to mosquitoes and all biting insects. I swell up like crazy. And it's really uncomfortable for me. And I think the mosquitoes know this and they're punishing me 
Okay. So. so a jam boy is a person supposedly, and I don't think that this is actually true. In the Indian army, they would take like an, a young boy with the army, but they would cover him in jam so that he'd get attacked by bugs and everybody else would be unscathed. And Rebecca's our jam boy, which yeah, I've been greatly enjoying because normally I'm the jam boy. <laughs> <laughs> it's really harsh. Yeah. No, I wear deet. I do everything right. And I still, they just love me. Mm-hmm. They do. So. All right. And Nick, what is your pick for Brutal? Did, um, you, where did you see? Yeah. Yeah. My Nick, pick. Yeah. Nick pick. Yeah, Nick pick. You're really on the game this week with like, you know, rhyming and puns and like, I'm always, shocked. Always yeah. on. I'm, I'm shocked. How does Maggie put up with that? He's just excited to have an audience. <laughs> um, yeah, my brutal is uh, car related. It is the pollution here. Ooh. I was not expecting the level of pollution. And I think the the worst experience of this was when we were going to get the Tango tickets. Uh, we were walking past the theater, and we got like dive bombed by a couple of like really disgusting diesel trucks. Uh, and the thing is, like there are some new cars here. Like there are plenty of new cars um, and new car dealerships. And they're like, you know, people are driving these sort of subcompact cars. Like most of the cars here are sort of like the sort of sub $20,000 range, like the sort of the subcompact car range. Um, And part of that is because there are massive taxes on import and luxury cars, but that's sort of like a separate aside. But there are also lots of older cars here too. Like some of these trucks are like 20, 30, 40 years. And we also suspect that there aren't as many restrictions on I think that's the biggest culture shock. And Again, this was a thing of like, we see it anew because you guys are here. You're like, man, the air quality is a lot to take here. And it's true. And it's because they don't have the same kind of regulations that we have in the States. And we take our clean air for, I think people, especially in our age group, take clean air for granted because we would have, you know. It sort of reminded me of growing up in LA. Like when I was very young, Maggie, I think you were there at the same time. uh, Originally, LA's air standards were very, very low, but California has made amazing strides and in our lifetimes and the smog has improved significantly since then. And I think I just had forgotten how bad it can be if you're in a place that has very lax environmental regulations. And it was, yeah, I mean, I felt like kind of ill. It's sort of like how up until a couple of years ago, we were used to like everyone smokes in bars and maybe like Mm -hmm. five or 10 years ago, there were a whole bunch of regulations about, oh, no more smoking in bars in New York. And this kind of went across the country. And now when you go into a bar, a restaurant, people are like smoking, you're like, oh, this is disgusting. And it's the (laughs) same sort of thing. It's a culture shock again. Yeah. Like coming down here and like having all these polluting cars, we're like, oh, yeah, this is probably what like LA was like 20 or 30 years yeah. ago. It so was. We're we very were spoiled. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do you have a choice this week for Brutal? Yeah, so mine's pretty lame, pretty simple. Things are closed down here a lot more often than back at home, especially on the weekends. You'd expect that stores would be open because that's when people have more free time. But I guess just store owners prioritize spending time with their families or something. It's weird. Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we, we had one day where we tried to go to one museum and then that museum was closed and we went to a backup museum. That museum was closed and we were kind of just trying to show Nick and Rebecca any sort of entertainment whatsoever. That one was extra brutal because it was like their first day here and we were like, okay, so today we're going to walk around, we're going to go to these museums and then it started dumping rain and then we went to two different closed museums. Honestly, it was okay. We were so jet lagged. You could have taken us anywhere. We've been like, this is great. (laughs) (laughs) Thank goodness. Just felt kind of drunk the whole day. (laughs) All right. Shall we move into Bizarre? Yeah. All right. Nick, I think this time you should kick us off. What is your choice for Bizarre? 
Yeah, another one of the sort of new Americans to the city issue is like the traffic. And this is very much a city that's built around cars. Very much so. Like there are, there are roads here that are like 12 lanes wide going one direction. Like it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually going to be really contrarian and say I kind of like it. Like it works surprisingly well because you have a bunch of like small underpowered cheap cars and like caveat is I also do this sort of racing series called the 24 hours of lemons, not Le Mans, but lemons where like you're, it's an endurance race for like really, you know, underpowered cheap cars. And it reminded me of that because, you know, no one's going to dive. Like people do dive on each other in the corners, but I didn't really witness a lot of road rage. Like that was the, the, the bizarre part It's like aggressive driving, but no animosity. Yeah, it just works that way. Yeah, that's that's a really cool observation because that's we've seen that throughout all of South America. Really, like this is just how it works. Like you, someone will cut you off. Someone's gonna just be a jerk and edge in. Like they're making a left, they're gonna just slowly creep across all three lanes of the oncoming traffic. It's just how it has to happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like, but people aren't mad. It's just like. Well played. Well played, sir. But what's even weirder is there aren't lanes. I mean, there are lanes painted on the road, but no one pays attention to them. They seem purely decorative, as far as I can tell. So there's just people are just free for all, just weaving across. And it's truly terrifying, really. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think it'd be more terrifying if people were going a little bit faster, but also because of the congestion in the city. Like, you're rarely going much faster than about 20 or 25, I think. That's true. Um, but yet, at the same time, anytime you come to an intersection, it's just as you guys keep saying, fortune favors the bold. Whoever gets there first is just like, I'm going. Like, yeah. no, not yeah. looking to see if there are other cars coming from other directions. And it's just like, oh my God, every time. So yeah. terrifying. I think it's just a, a different, yeah. difference of defaults. Is I noticed that like I started driving stick shift a couple of years ago and it's just like I had to pay more attention because you have to pay attention to the revs of the car as opposed to an automatic. I was totally zoning out all the time. So yeah. now it's like you are, you're driving down these narrow streets which are maybe like one and a half lanes wide but you actually have two cars going side by side and you have these weird little dips before a lot of the intersections and you have pedestrians dodging out. So oh, those dips. Yeah. Those dips are nationwide in Argentina and I... I don't understand them. So I think like <laughs> the the combination of all these sort of subtle design elements around mm -hmm. how traffic works uh, results in a different default that is, I'm not going to say it's safer than the States because it's, it's not. Clearly not. Like, <laughs> I, I'm one of those people who's like, yeah, I cannot wait for like the self-driving cars because I think human driving cars are just, it's just insane and like crazily, crazily like uh, uh, accident prone. And I want to remove as many humans from the loop as possible because like mm -hmm. I'm a like good-ish driver but like I'm nowhere near as good as like one of these self-driving cars is going to be. I, it's just nutty to me. But Adam, do you have a, a choice this week for a bazaar? Yeah, um, just bidets. Just bidets. Go on. <laughs> you know how they're gross and they shouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> what? Do, do you know how to use a bidet? Do I need to show you? I I don't know much about bidets, but they they seem really gross to me. The bizarre thing that I've learned, it's not my choice for bizarre, but Adam's both curiosity, distrust, and like general fixation on bidets is I think what's bizarre. All right. So this is the deal. They're in the middle of the bathroom right next to the toilet. If you haven't seen a bidet, I'm sure most people have seen a bidet, but maybe not. And they look like little half. Looks like a water fountain for your butt. Yeah. A little teeny water fountain down on the ground, but it's for your butt. <laughs> so <laughs> the, the problem is like the it's poop water that goes in there. Like people are washing their buttholes in this thing. <laughs> they're just they're splashing around. And what's what's gross is that people will just in here at least, 
like we had a plumber come into our very first Airbnb. He walks in, very first thing he does, he just sets his plumber bag right on the bidet. Just like, boom, poop, poop water on my bag. Yeah, but he's a plumber. I think he deals with poop water a lot. I okay. think you're also bearing the lead a little bit here, which is like the septic system is not the same here as it is in the States, <laughs> which is to say, if you're going to wipe your butt, you have to throw the toilet paper in the trash. It doesn't go in the bowl. It yeah. goes in the trash. And it's like your alternative is you wipe your butt and you put the paper in the trash or you use the bidet. Oh, Nick, the time we've spent discussing the insanity of throwing your poopy papers <laughs> in the toilet, right? Or in the, not in the toilet, has been like I think that was the greatest culture shock. It's I so had weird. Just period. So that's the shot. The chaser is our bin in our bathroom in this Airbnb doesn't have a bin liner. I just choose not to look in there. Oh, I didn't notice that. Ours too. Yeah, we don't have a bin liner. Don't touch it. And also, I don't know if you and I have been just doing a lot of pooping, but it's. <laughs> It's pretty full right now. <laughs> it's okay. Nick also had to pack ours down a little bit yeah, oh yeah, with I some ran, other I, yeah. trash. <laughs> yeah, with other trash, right? Not oh, just yeah. no, use no, no. a, a used deodorant <laughs> canister. Just All right. I feel like this whole podcast is basically just about You're going to know a lot about it's us. It's the butt corner. The last B is butts. <laughs> just real quick Nick and on, Rebecca's butt corner. on bidets, just to close this idea out. Not only was it the plumber, but when we were at that nice hotel for the first half of this week with Nick and Rebecca, the... The cleaning lady came in and we had the little foot towel for, you know, when you get out of the, the shower, she hung that up on the bidet. She doesn't know what we're doing with the bidet. She, I mean, I use them as urinals sometimes. I'm just saying. Oh my God. <laughs> what don't you use as a urinal? <laughs> hey, he's from San Francisco. This is natural oh, for him. Yeah. Anyway, bidets are gross and bizarre. All right. Shut it down. I'm going to move us away from poop water. My bizarre, thanks for asking, Adam, is, uh, okay, bizarre may not be exactly the right word, but a a moment of a little bit of culture shock that I've been experiencing again and again is around Argentinian women's fashion. Uh, Because we've gone, like, walking around a lot just to see the city, you know, the best way, which is just to stroll and, like, pop in shops and chat and stuff. And we've gone, seen, like, a lot of upscale clothing boutiques, but... All of the clothes are like, it'll be like what looks like a normal shirt on the hanger, but then you pull it out and it's actually bedazzled and embroidered and it has the words like friendship is forever or like some kind of statement on it. No bad vibes. No bad vibes was one. um, The light is not light without the dark was one that I saw where I was like, geez, guys, it's a t-shirt. There are a lot of slogans. Yeah, a lot of slogans. But specifically, the thing that I think is the most bizarre that is just very in style right now is bell sleeves. And not like a narrow bell sleeve, but like the width of a skirt, but on your arm. Like you could make a whole new shirt out of just the bell sleeve. Right. It's like the pirate shirt from Seinfeld, but like to the extreme. It's like the Jinko jeans of sleeves. Like, yes. Remember that from seventh yes, grade? Yes, I do. That's <laughs> a perfect explanation. So that is my choice for bizarre. And Rebecca, I know you have a bazaar and I'm very excited for it. I am also very excited for this. So in researching things to do in Buenos Aires, I, um, of course, was reading about Argentina's most famous uh, first lady, Eva Perón, and um, was deep diving in this Wikipedia article about her and her life and also her afterlife, as it turns out. Um, So my bazaar this week is Eva Perón's traveling corpse. 
which (laughs) (laughs) so her body was embalmed and she was laid out in state. And um, then there was a regime change and the body had to be expatriated to Italy where it was hidden, I guess, upright. Uh, for several years. The upright is, I think, my favorite detail. Where, and, and the best part of this Wikipedia article is it then said, because it was stored incorrectly upright, it suffered contusions to the face and also <laughs> possibly to the foot. <laughs> Which And how people know that is just, uh, I can't even begin. And uh, so after its time upright in Italy, it was then moved to Spain where Juan Perón was living with his third wife. Mm-hmm. And they decided to keep her body in the dining room as you do with the body of your prior wife. Okay, of so follow-up question. Was it like on display or was it just like her whole casket was there? I do not know. It made it sound like it was just lying on a table. It said on a table in the dining room. Ah. But that is where they kept it this for was many like years. straight up 20 years after yes, she Yes, 20 passed. years later. This is... So yeah. don't mind my, my dead wife's corpse just here in her <laughs> dining room. How are you enjoying your hors d'oeuvres? <laughs> what, what, like, is that... The sort of centerpiece, like you put flowers in I there, mean, or like, I have what do so you do here? So many questions, so many. My favorite part about this is Rebecca does this research, and we're all just like completely mind blown by the fact that this uh, cadaver had such an exciting afterlife. It really did, and then we, longer than she did. Yeah, really. and then we went to the tango show, and they did an Ava Perone number, and all of us just got really uncomfortable. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just the singing corpse is all we could think. <laughs> Dining room table. Uh, So that's my bizarre. That's a good bizarre. So, Adam, this is our last episode from South America. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of sad. I feel very bittersweet. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that we're moving on. We're going to see some amazing stuff in Africa. Mm -hmm. And we've got some exciting travel in the U.S. and Canada coming up, too. It's true. But, yeah. Well, you can support the show and YouTube videos and bonus episodes by visiting our Patreon. Yes, indeed. That's patreon.com slash let's not panic. And we really appreciate you guys kicking in. Um, We're just, we're trying to grow that so that we can work on future projects. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, obviously the Africa thing coming up. That's really exciting. It's just going to be all me flipping out at animal videos. Yeah. Okay. We we won't actually do that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Me protecting Maggie valiantly. From hyenas. Wait, I don't want to be in a situation where I require protection. I'm ready. I've been training. All right, That's all weirdo. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us and pictures from our trip on Instagram at Let's Not Panic. Mm-hmm. And you can also see pictures from not our perspective, from Nick's perspective on Instagram at N Moral. That's N M O. R-Y-L. Yeah, he was way more prolific than we were this past week. I have to say, I really enjoyed that. It was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else is taking pictures. This is great. I can relax. (laughs) Um, You can also subscribe to us and review us on Apple Podcasts or your podcatcher of choice. Yes, indeed. We like it when you do that. Indeed. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. This is what it sounds like where we are. (laughs) 